HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. This is Sam Ben Ruby from The Grape Nation. We had an opportunity to go down to the Naples Winter Wine Festival and talk to a bunch of different winemakers. This interview is with David Duncan from Silver Oak and Toomey Wineries. designing the winery in 06 and 07, um, and then actually building it through 2008, um, we definitely had an eye towards sustainability. We, we were, um, we were, uh, had started really a great effort of sustainability in the vineyards, and I just thought as we were rebuilding the winery that, you know, that needs to apply to the, to the winemaking facility as well. Um, and so that's, you know, they were sort of tied together that we were able to, we did the right things in, in 08, even though we weren't trying to get certified so that when we did get certified, we were able to achieve uh, lead platinum right. level. Which is the highest level? It's the highest level, and we're actually the only production winery in the entire world that's lead platinum certified. There's some tasting deep. rooms that are lead platinum, and there's, right. and there's, uh, and then uh, UC Davis is also lead platinum, but you know it's a teaching winery. It's kind of a different situation. And then you talked about re- uh, rebuilding the winery in Alexander Valley. You're gonna you built so that we actually acquired this vineyard that I was mentioning. Um, and began uh, that process in 2012 when we bought the property. Right. Um, and then we designed, permitted, uh, and have built now um, a second winery. And so we will be going through um, the certification process there, and, I, and we expect that we'll also achieve lead platinum there. So the, the winery's open. You're just waiting for the certification process. Yes, you have to go it. through a certification. And that's a little different because our, um, our lead platinum certification in Oakville is actually what they call an existing building certification. And this is a new building certification, which is actually more difficult to achieve. Is it more difficult? Yeah. 
they give yeah. you less leeway, give, right? Yeah, less leeway. Yeah. So, well, listen, kudos to you because, I mean, that's sort of the way everyone should view their businesses now. It's, it it costs more, it takes more time, it's harder, but it's it's the right thing. Um, another thing you did that everyone else doesn't do is you own your own cooperage, and just back up for me and help me and the listeners. Silver Oak, for most of its time, was American Oak? Always been American Oak. It was always American Oak. Yes. So instead of sourcing it, you bought your own cooperage, right? Yeah, well, we we sourced for a long time from uh, what used to be called A&K Cooperage in in a little town in in Missouri, about 45 minutes from Columbia. It used to be all from there. Now it's all over the country, right? Not all over, but there's different states that provide wood for... Yeah, a few, but most of it's northern Missouri it and Indiana. Okay. Yeah, that that's where. Okay. Um, and so we acquired full ownership of the Cooperage a few years ago, and we changed the name to the Oak. It's called the Oak Cooperage, and um, and so now we control um, and produce our own barrels. Um, and about half the barrels we produce are, go to Silver Oak, and we sell we do sell bar- whiskey barrels and wine barrels to other wow. other producers as well. So, you probably know this better than anybody. What American Oak? imparts what flavors to wine versus, let's say, French. And I think it's American oak that's given silver oak its signature style. But tell me what that contribution is. And you can control, you know, by toast and wood and all that. So how does that, you know, affect the wine? Yeah, I think Justin, when Justin Meyer, um, as our founding winemaker, you know, he liked the profile of American oak. But I think it's a, it's a, it's a, um, Sort of a misnomer to to think that the all of the profile silver oak comes from the from the wood because it's really it's about what happens in the vineyard and it's about the fruit. Well, I didn't make that accusation. And, and no, 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 just no, it's asking, okay. But we're you know, doing and we're what doing. The wood, you I mean, know. for instance, so we, one of the unique things about silver oak is that we blend the wine together before we go to barrel. So when we go to barrel, it is a finished permanent blend, and and many wineries blend after they come out of barrel. Um, right. And so, uh, like we're doing the 2017 blends right now. And it always, it just, just, it's just amazing to me how the wine, um, I, we, I use a, team, a word with, the, with our um, winemaking team that silver oak is an adjective. So we know when it becomes silver oak, we, we can, you can tell that on the blending bench. Um, and then we put it, you know, in the barrels. And so, and American oak, you know, people talk about coconut and dill and, and uh, you know, the vanilla Right. And uh, you know those type of uh, flavor profiles. I never get dill in our wines, but but um, I don't either. Yeah, I mean that's vegetal, but, and, and they just I'll get a green you know, pepper I, before I, I get a dill I, pickle. I think it's just something. a I think it's just a delicious um, you know characteristic. And there's so many things that are aged in American oak that people don't realize, like Bacardi rum and all of your Scotch whiskeys and bourbon and and uh, all Tabasco is fermented in American oak, and and so you know there's a lot of things that that uh, people associate with that. So so. The blend is done in advance. It ages in American oak. For two years. And when it comes out, that's what goes to the bottle. That's right. You never like, wait, this isn't exactly what we want, or you don't screw around. No. You stick with the plan, yeah, right? Yeah, we stick with the okay. plan. And luckily, we've been doing it for quite a while now, so we're, we're starting to get better at it. All right, so this has always been a curiosity of mine. I figured it out, but I figure because I have you here, you'll help me. You make silver oak in the Alexander Valley, Sonoma. You make silver oak in Napa, Oakville? Yep. Is it? So tell me, and we could talk the current vintage, past vintage or whatever. What are the 
distinctions, the differences. So, uh, and, and I know it's soil and even climate and all that, but uh, tell me when you open a Napa, you're getting what most of the Well, time. so one of the things that the Napa uh, is more of a traditional, what we call a traditional Bordeaux blend. So we, we blend larger quantities of Cabernet Sauvignon, uh, Merlot, Cab Franc, and Petit Bordeaux into the Napa, where the, the Alexander Valley historically was always 100% Cabernet Sauvignon. Um, today, we are blending a little bit of um, of other varietals, Merlot predominantly, and a little Cab Franc. It, it'll vary into the vintage Alexander to vintage? Valley. Yeah, but the Napa typically would be in the, say, around the 80 to 85% Cabernet Sauvignon, right. where the Alexander Valley is like 95% Cabernet Sauvignon. Um, it's so, also a little, you know, the, the, the Alexander Valley cabs tend to be a little softer, so little we like to think we really think about the wines that we produce to be consumed with food so we um uh, we're not trying to make a wine that stands up against another wine we're trying to make a wine that makes your food taste better and um and so um the alexander valley is i think of more like a can definitely go with a steak but you could go with a hamburger piece of pizza salmon you know kind of a broader array where the napa sort of wants that bone nowadays you know Drink and eat whatever you want. Yeah, that's that's for sure. You know, yeah, there's no red nobody's wine. Nobody's yelling at me we, for eating silver oak and salmon. No, we, we you need we a like Pinot that. Noir or white wine. You yeah. know, forget that. Yeah. Um, so the the ninety five percent, the eighty plus percent, the other percentages vary year by year. Absolutely, because it's, it's no, a the blends back, never how the same. Much or whatever. Yeah, and the blends never the same. Do you use the five blending grapes, or do you stick to Merlot and Cab Franc? I mean, do you ever use Malbec? We have a little Malbec, and it's 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 a rough it's rough to grow in Napa, so we don't. Right. Some, yeah, it's made it in a little bit sometimes, but but uh, very small amounts. So, what influences the blend? Because you do the blending up front. It's based on the fruit that comes off the vines, how, you know. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that Silver Oak is known for is our consistency. And I always say the way that we are so consistent is by doing things different every year. So we I never... I was just going to ask you that because there's a Silver Oak style. Yeah. But the aspiration is not to make the same wine every year because you change the blend and all of that. And it just depends on what Mother Nature throws at us. So, like, 2017 was a fairly warm summer, relatively speaking, to the last few years. Um, but it doesn't... You know, so a warm summer like that doesn't affect every vineyard in the exact same way. And so we may use more of, you know, this vineyard versus that vineyard in the blend um, in a year like that. And so, um, you know, we're, we're fortunate. And we always make, we, we generally make about 15 to 20% more wine than we put into the blend. Um, and we'll, we'll just sell the, the you juice. Know, the, we sell the juice off to, to in the bulk market, which is a, in the wine business is a normal thing. So, it but it's never, not silver oak because it doesn't go into the blend. So it's by right. definition, I mean, it's I not get silver that. oak. And you never were enticed to make a second label. No, with that extra juice, right? No, yeah, that. I, I think it would compromise the brand. Yeah, I think you know. we, as uh, our general manager likes to say, we make our our label is our reserve wine. Yeah, so that's, I agree with that. That is that we put the I, best into the bottle. You've you've you know built up the quality and the consistency and the reputation. Um, so what does the future bring? I mean, do you, you try to keep quality under control? Well, I mean, the future right now is all about the new vineyard properties we've purchased in the Alexander Valley, right. the, new the new winery up and running. Yeah, and so as Get that to a stride as that fruit comes up the vine, and I mean, we have. 
over 100 acres of new vineyard that will be coming into production in the next three to five years. And Plantable so that's 100 gonna, acres. That, well, planted or planting. planting. Yeah, because yeah. some people Active. say 100 acres and 30 are plantable. Yeah, and, and you this know, is, for the listeners, that's a that's a lot of vineyard. <laughs> and so, in Napa and Sonoma, Sonoma too. Yeah. You know, so. yeah, so we're really excited about that. I mean, I think the the uh, it'll impact quality in a good way. And I like to say we've always made pretty good juice, but but uh, there's a lot lot to we have to look forward to. So the on the winery and the new property in Sonoma the property was planted with mature vines or you had to pull stuff out, replace? I mean, what's... We, we actually p- pulled everything out on the property and replanted you the did. entire vineyard. Yeah, so it'll when? all be Cabernet Sauvignon now. So you have to wait a few years or... Uh, the first block actually, came, we got some fruit this uh, this year in 17. Uh, so that was the front 25 acres. And then uh, we planted over three consecutive years, about 25 acres a year. So in... Th- Three or four or more years, we'll have the whole the whole vineyard up to full production. So about three four years. So yeah, that's so great. It takes time. I was just gonna say you have to be somewhat patient in this business. You do. You know, I had Piero Antonori on this morning, and you know his family's business is six hundred years 17 old. Seventeen generations, yeah. right? Yeah. No, twenty seven. Oh, twenty seven. Yes. Okay. Oh my god. And I said I thought it was twenty six. He goes, No, now we've deemed our grandkids the twenty seven. Okay. Oh, that's you know, great. Generation, but a lot of things you do, he did. You have to a great take inspiration. the time. You know, you don't want to push the fruit out before it's ready. Uh, yeah. and everything. Well, I only have 550 years to go, so. Yeah, you'll be fine. <laughs> you'll be fine. Catch up with um, it. Kids in the business? Uh, I have a niece and a nephew. My, okay. uh, working with both you? Working, yeah. So Matt is uh, was, has one of the territories in California. We sold direct in California. And uh, Haley, I like to call the green queen, has uh, been the project manager and led our uh, lead lead Up certification in effort at and at both nice. at both wineries, and she's doing Good a for her. wonderful job. So she uh, she should be an example to other people. Yeah, how yeah. and that it could be done. Um, I think it's pretty easy to say that, like I said earlier, Silver Oak's an iconic wine. It's hard not to walk into a good restaurant and see it on the list. It's hard not to go into a good wine store and not see it available. One of the nice things is availability. I still think it's a great value for what you get. Um, and you used the word earlier that I agree with. It's a delicious wine, and that's a compliment because some people don't use the word delicious. You know, it's finesse or, you know, blah, blah, blah. I, I mean, you drink it, and you know you're drinking a delicious, well-made wine. Um, I want to thank you for coming in. I know you have to run. Um, you have to run because you are the honored vintner at the <laughs> Naples right. Winter Wine Festival. And I wanted to uh, congratulate you on that again. And the auction itself is about to start. So the festivities are there. And we talked about your big lot and everything. So good luck with that. And thank you for everything you do. And thank you for coming on The Grape Nation. We've been talking to uh, David and Carrie um, from Silver Oak. And um, we'll see you soon. All right. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization 
driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. Ever wonder what kind of podcast Julia Child would have made? Probably would have been one where she introduced you to all of her latest discoveries and favorite people. And that's exactly the tradition we're following on Inside Julia's Kitchen, the podcast of the Julia Child Foundation for Gastronomy and the Culinary Arts. Join me, Todd Schulk, and your host, and the Foundation's Executive Director, as I bring you inside the Foundation's world to meet the bright lights of today's food universe, just as Julia used to do from her own famous kitchen. New episodes air on Heritage Radio Network, Wednesdays at noon Eastern. Listen in.